0: Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message.
1: A powerful declaration we just sang together. God's mercy it triumphs over judgment, and the Bible says His mercy is new every morning. God's faithfulness so great. His faithfulness so great to your life and to my life, our lives as a church community. And uh, I want to transition right now because in a moment we're going to have David Davila, our very own David Davila, teaching our first installment of "Love Thy Neighbor." And uh, David and Guyena are our new CH Live campus directors and their lives exemplify this message love thy neighbor, so I can't wait to hear it.
0: Me too. Wow, love them. But first, we have the opportunity to lead you in our giving. This is simply an extension of our worship and you will see on your screen that there are four easy ways that you can give. We also just want to say thank you church for being faithful in giving and your tithes and offerings. Our mission as a church is in hyperdrive these days, so thank you again for your faithfulness. There are God opportunities all around us and we want to make sure that we live ready as a community that's
1: right and I want to encourage you right now to continue continue in your faithfulness continue partnering with us in this season we have some really exciting developments on that property that we've told you about in Virginia Uh, we've been believing God for a campus in Virginia of our own Not something we rent, but something that we own. And uh, next to the new Amazon data centers, there's 6.5 acres. The building is ready to go, and we're ready to go. So I want to encourage you, so even in this season of famine, You know, whatever you're calling this season for your life, sow in this season. Because, you know, in Genesis 26, 12, the Bible tells us that Isaac sowed in the land. And this was during a season of famine. It says he received in the same year a hundredfold return and the Lord blessed him. And when I think about that passage, how did I, I wonder how did Isaac reap a hundredfold in famine? That's a big deal. And Isaac's crops, I guess, I wonder, how did Isaac's crops grow during the famine when nobody else's right. crops would grow? And, and not only did they grow, they grew a hundredfold with no loss. And obviously, it's famine, there's, it's drought, there's no rain. Um, that's what's causing the famine, no, no rain. So I suppose in that moment, God could cause it to rain on Isaac's crops only and nowhere that's else, right? Right. Um, or God could miraculously cause his crops to grow without rain and just, and just grow without any, any source of moisture and, and strength and sustenance. But because we believe God is perfectly capable of doing any kind of miracle he wants to do. Aaron's rod budded, uh, manna appeared, rock, a rock uh, gave forth water, Jericho's walls fell down. God can do what he wants. But regarding Isaac's bumper crop, It simply says in Genesis 26-12, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. The the Lord blessed him. See, it doesn't give us a clue as to how this miracle crop grew during a time of famine, except by telling us over and over again throughout this passage, Isaac dug wells. Mm -hmm. Isaac was digging wells. Isaac and his servants were digging wells. It doesn't tell us how... The crops grew, but it does tell us that Isaac is digging wells over and over again, and that those wells would spring forth water. You know what that tells me? In seasons of famine, we keep sowing, Mm -hmm. and in seasons of drought, we keep sowing, Mm -hmm. but we also need to keep digging, and as we keep digging... uh, Isaac invented irrigation. I mean, he brought, he brought, Isaac's seed produced crops during drought because he introduced new technology to the land of the Philistines. He irrigated his crops from well water. And you and I in this season, we're going we're gonna to innovate. And we're going to create. And we're going to see new seasons of sowing are followed by seasons of digging. And not just a season of famine and drought. We're, we're not going to stop sowing and famine. And we're going to keep digging. Church, keep digging. These are days of increase. These are days of moving forward. But let's keep our eyes on Jesus. That's our well. Let's keep worshiping. That's our well. Let's keep applying our faith to God's promises. That's our well, not man's fears, uh, because we're a generous church. So thank you for being so generous.
0: Thank you, church. And today is exciting because it's Heart for the House Sunday. So far, Church, you have given $153,750 of the total pledge that we've received. Now, the total pledge has been $310,000. That means Isn't we're that about, incredible? we're halfway. Yeah, it's just really phenomenal. We are officially 50% of the way to our goal, yeah. and thank you for your generosity. We, um, today, we're going to be highlighting one of our Heart for the House partners Convoy of Hope. And this is especially exciting because we get to actually partner yep. with them, not just in giving finances, but right here on the ground in our own city. We've already funded an entire semi of goods. A
1: semi, yeah, a a tractor, semi truck. Trailer, an 18-wheeler truck. It's so
0: much stuff. and um, But we're going to be receiving this shipment. We're going to be unpacking it and we're going to re- be repackaging it for families. We're going to be able to serve over 500 families wait. who need this relief the most. So, Uh, find the link and sign up right on our Heights Foundation page. Get involved. We need everyone. We need lots and lots of volunteers for lots of different kinds of jobs that day. So this is going to be taking place very soon. Look in the weekly email for further details and click on that Heights Foundation page.
1: That's right. It's going to be an incredible day. And for those of you Who want to continue giving right now we're going to give you that opportunity if you've automated your giving uh, online thank you for doing that it's really convenient it can be set up on the day of your choice and the frequency of your choice the amount of your choice it's simple it's efficient it's consistent and if you're traveling or if you you're busy no problem no problem at all Uh, you can do that by going to our giving page on our website on the app Uh, or or you can even text to give. You see the four easy ways to give on the screen. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray for God's blessing on your house that as we keep sowing in seasons like this, we're going to keep digging and God's watching over his promises. Father, we thank you today for every household, for every life. Father, for every person listening and tuning in right now, God, we thank you that there's a miracle in every house And God, we pray that these would not be days of pandemic and days of lack and days of worry and days of doubt and days of fear. But these are days to see God's faithfulness that is contrary to the market. Days to see God's faithfulness regardless of the economy. Father, we thank you that we declare your faithfulness over our finances individually and as a church. God, let your kingdom go forth. Let people's needs be met in Jesus' name amen amen go ahead and check out these upcoming events on church news
2: your mobile phone is with you everywhere you go and now we are too we are excited to let you know that we have released our new church app our mobile app is loaded with the greatest resources to help you better connect with the church and ultimately with god You can look up scriptures or listen to the Bible. We have a secure note-taking journal. You can look at all of our social media, and you can even give inside of the app. There are so many features that will help you stay up to date with everything we are doing here at the church. The beautiful part is that it's all in one simple place. Download it today in the iTunes or Android store and see how easy it is to stay connected.
3: Heart for the House is our once a year offering over and above our normal giving, where everyone in our church can play a significant role. Giving to Heart for the House is a sacred moment where we empower our church to do the extra things God has put on our heart. Throughout the year, we're showcasing some of our initiatives. This week's spotlight is Convoy of Hope, an organization with a driving passion to impact the world through children's feeding initiatives, community outreaches, and disaster response. Convoy of Hope's disaster services team is consistently among the first to respond to critical emergency situations by bringing help and hope to those who are impoverished, hungry and hurting. Highly regarded for their strategic scalable response and distribution model, Convoy of Hope utilizes eight international warehouses, four domestic warehouses, a specialized disaster response fleet and a highly trained team of staff and volunteers to respond to needs quickly and effectively. Each year they serve millions of people affected by natural and man-made disasters. Citizen Heights, partner with us by giving to Heart for the House and together we can make a big difference to help those most vulnerable. To find out more about all of our Heart for the House initiatives for 2020, check out the Heights Foundation page at citizenheights.com.
4: Hey church, we're so happy that you're joining us today. We miss you so much. We wanna start by saying thank you for inviting us into your home. Maybe you're on vacation, on the beach, wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in today. Also a huge shout out to Teresa in California, we know Angela, you've been watching from New York, Forrest out in Virginia Beach. We love you guys and we miss you so much and we're so happy that you're tuning in today. I also want to take the opportunity to to thank Pastor Michael and Pastor Heather for the incredible opportunity to share with you today. Today we're starting a new series called Love Thy Neighbor and I'm so thankful for the leadership of our house, of this place that encourages uh, the next generation of leaders to rise up and it's an incredible privilege to share with you today so today we're going to dive into this new series called love thy neighbor i know you might be on the other side of the screen but i have a couple of people here with me we're going to say that together love thy neighbor come on one more time a little bit with a little bit more gusto Love love thy neighbor that's right we're going to be talking about Love Thy Neighbor throughout this series. It's a five-week series, and it's going to be an incredibly interactive series. You get to participate with us wherever you are, and we're encouraging you to use the hashtag Love Thy Neighbor Challenge. So wherever you are, however you participate, make sure you do use that hashtag Love Thy Neighbor Challenge. I'm going to encourage you to open your Bibles. We're going to be reading from the book of Mark. Uh, we're going to start with... Uh, chapter 12 and we're going to be reading from verses 29 to 31. All right here we see that Jesus quick uh, preview to this here we see that Jesus is literally telling the scribes what the greatest commandment is. To give you a little bit of context uh, Jesus had just responded to the Sadducees. They were asking about the resurrection and the scribes had their own questions and they were saying hey What is the greatest commandment? And we're going to dive into the greatest commandment today. It says, Jesus answered him. The most important of all the commandments is this. Love the Lord Yahweh, our God, is one. You are to love the Lord your God, Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is this, and this is where we're going to hone in on. You must love your neighbor in the same way. Can you say, love your neighbor in the same way? Love your in the same way. That's right. As you love yourself, you will never find greater commandments than these. Again, that's Mark twelve twenty-nine through 31, and that was the Passion Version. I'm going to also invite you to flip over to the next book. This is part of the four Gospels. It's the book of Luke. And we're going to open up to Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. I'm going to give you a few moments to to find that passage in Scripture. And what I love about the Gospels, it's literally different perspectives of the same story. Jesus is the main character, and we're all looking to follow Jesus every step of the way. But when we open different portions of Scripture, different books in the Gospel, we're going to see the story told from a different perspective. Uh, A few months ago, I was walking down, well, before the pandemic, I was down by Gallery Place walking with my wife, Gaina, and we both were looking at a sign, but we didn't realize that this sign was in two different places. So while I was looking at a sign that was a block away, she was looking at a sign that was literally above my head, but I didn't realize it. So the Gospels are kind of similar to that. We're literally looking at the same story from a different angle, and in this case, we, we're, we're going to dive in to the parable of the Good Samaritan. So, to give you a little bit of context, we're going to read it together. It starts with a lawyer, and we know that there are awesome lawyers in our community. We know that Pastor Michael's a recovering attorney, and we love him for it. Um, so, some of you might be lawyers, or you might know a lawyer, so we can relate together to this story. Here it goes. I'm reading the New King James Version, if you want to read along. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, what is written in the law? He said, what is your reading of it? And I love that, where Jesus is saying, you know the answer, but why are you asking me? Like, what's your reading? What's your interpretation of what the law says? And he said, so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. In this case, Jesus isn't telling it. If anything, a lawyer is regurgitating that information that people widely knew that they were to love their neighbors. And, he, and Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But it says, He wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And then Jesus answered and said, before we go into the parable, I love that whenever there's a question that we have to ask Jesus, the creator of the universe, he's going to either respond to us with a question or with a parable. How many of you guys are enjoying Disney Plus? The fact that they now have Hamilton on, you can tune into it anytime, right? And I only bring up Hamilton because throughout the musical, it's just, it's music nonstop. If, when the story continues, there's a song. Jesus didn't have a song playing the moment he spoke, but he did have a story, and this is what he said to him. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him from his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he saw, when he came, He saw, he looked, and passed by on the other side. To give you some context, the priest and the Levite were at the top tier of the community, of the people of, of Israel, right? You would expect a priest, and especially a Levite, to have compassion, to show up, to stand in the gap, especially when they see somebody in pain. And what did they do? They looked. They were like, that's not my problem. And they walked away. But what happens here? But a certain Samaritan, it says, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him into an inn, and took care of him. We don't know if that animal was a donkey or a horse, but he literally picks up this man, he puts him on his own animal, in this case, vehicle, right? and he takes him to a hotel, to an inn, and he takes care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? It's kind of an obvious answer, right? Which of these three? And the lawyer says he who showed mercy on him then jesus said go and do likewise can we say that together go and do likewise that's right let's pray Dear only Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active and it's timely. Father, we know that for some of us, we've read this portion of scripture many times in our life. And even for those of us who are reading it for the first time, that you would still speak to us through it, Lord. That you would allow our eyes to see the things that have been left unseen for us. And that you would show us how we can apply this word to our lives even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So that first question or the first thing I think about when I look at, at this portion of scripture is who's asking the question? Because oftentimes when we're asking a question, we're asking because we have motives, right? We, we want to know a li- something else, but there's also another question behind the question. And in this case, it's a lawyer. A lawyer is thinking, okay, I think I'm all set. I have everything. I know everything that I need to enter the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus, what say you? I think about attending any kind of sporting event right you want to go fully prepared so you might go early you're going to know exactly where to park you want to know how much the parking is you want to know where they sell your favorite popcorn and your beverage of choice you want to come prepared so the lawyer is like hey jesus what do i need to be prepared to go to your kingdom and jesus is like you know the answer but love your neighbor but the lawyer is like but wait justify that for me who is, my la- who is my neighbor, right? Sometimes we really do know the answer, but we sometimes don't want to react or we won- don't want to do it because it comes at a cost, right? He knew who his neighbor was, but he wanted to further confirm. And in verse 29, we see that the lawyer wanted to justify who his neighbor was. So I think about the people around us in this scripture, right? We see the Samaritans. Well, who were the Samaritans? The Samaritans were people that came from a dark past in jewish culture they were jewish but they weren't fully jewish they were also mixed with assyrian blood and in the bible in the old testament god literally tells the people of israel to stay within themselves to not go and 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 men stay pure stay within the the jewish community don't speak to the assyrian women don't Likewise, women don't, do that, don't engage with the Assyrian men. And eventually, they did that. And we see that there's a whole people group called the, Samar- the Samaritans. And what would the people of Israel do to avoid engaging with the Samaritans? They would literally travel around Samaria if they needed to get to northern Israel. They would try to avoid them completely. And we, I love this portion of scripture because God literally shows us his heart through the Samaritans. Through, those, through the least of these, God can show up in our lives with the people that we expected to, co- to come from the least, right? We're, we're not expecting this to come from maybe a, a, a non-documented immigrant. We might not be expecting to find the, the joy that comes from serving others when we reach out into lower-income communities. We might completely ignore these people and even ask ourselves, are they our neighbor But Jesus says, they're your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. First Corinthians tells us God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world, the things which are desperate despised god has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence that's first corinthians 1 verse 27 to 29 so how do we go on and apply this did this lawyer apply that in his heart we don't know the text doesn't tell us but we need to take that initiative we need to look outside of our of our peer view look outside of our lived experiences or realities or sometimes even our communities look outside of the people who live on our block and see what are their needs how can I serve them and by serving them we're loving them so what did Jesus want to want us to know he wants us to know that all people right no exception Our neighbors. It doesn't matter what they look like, where they come from, their pedigree, class, ethnicity, or what their lifestyle choices may be. Maybe that's not what we would do as Christians, right? But we're not going to judge. We're going to love all and we're going to see everybody as our neighbor. We are called to love our neighbors, period. So how would he want us to respond? Out of obedience. That's what Jesus wants. He wants Obedience over sacrifice always. Love is greater than sacrifice. If you just tick off a a list of things and say, well, God, I prayed today. I read my Bible. But you're not stepping out of your own comfort zone to reach a neighbor and to respond to a need. That's really what the gospel is all about. So what happens when we don't apply this truth? We miss the point. We miss the point of the gospel. God's unrelenting love for the people he created, his image bearers. So what do we need to do? We begin to see true transformation in our lives and the world around us through the outworking of the Holy Spirit. God chose to identify himself, like I said, with someone who was marginalized. With somebody that others would see as the, the word in Spanish that I'm thinking of is the escoria. Those outsiders, the people that we want to ignore. Sometimes it's unfortunate to even say, some, we could sometimes refer to them as scum, right? We, we avoid them completely. But God says, no, look at them, serve them, meet their needs, love them where they're at. So how do we love our neighbors? This is the part of that application. So if you're taking notes Feel free to, to, to open to a new page, write this down, and we're going to get to do this together as a church through this uh, season and through this series. Let's not be so spiritual that we're no earthly good. Growing up in a very Christian community, um, which I love and I'm, I'm thankful that I had that opportunity to do so, I, know, I remember growing up, that sometimes we would hyper-spiritualize the world around us and sometimes forget that our feet need to be planted on the ground. So let's not be so spiritual that we're no earthly good. Let's be proactive and practical in our approach in loving the world around us. There's no one-size-fits-all. You might ask David, like this lawyer said, uh, do I just need to do this and I'm good? There's no one-size-fits-all formula when we think about how we're going to serve our neighbors Every story is different. Every need is specific. And you are in an incredible position because you know the people around you. You know sometimes even their daily routines and schedules. And you know how to best uh, meet their needs right where they're at. But there are some basic principles that we can apply. And the first one is demonstrate compassion. We see in our text today that the Samaritan demonstrated compassion. He noticed that this man... Was left for dead. And what did he do? He bandaged his wounds. He literally allowed himself to be disoriented or, or, or completely sidetracked, right, from where he was going. I'm sure the Samaritan had a plan, a, a, th- a plan of action for that day. He wasn't just on that road casually. I'm sure he was going somewhere. But when he saw that need, what did he do? He literally went, picked that man up, poured oil and wine, as, as the scripture tells us he bandaged him, he took care of him. The people around you have wounds that are very specific. Sometimes those wounds are physical, sometimes they're mental, sometimes they're relational, sometimes they're spiritual. Physically, we're still living in a very real pandemic, right? Some people have, been, uh, ha- have contracted the coronavirus, so we're going to pray with them, we're gonna show up, and we're gonna believe when we pray that they're gonna be healed in the same way, other individuals might be left in in social distancing situations, living and quarantined in, quarantine in to, within toxic relationships. The relationships that they might have with either parents or or spouses or children might not be healthy. So we're going to step in and say, Hey, do you need a babysitter? Can I help you? You need to get away. Obviously. Being very cautious and um, living within the construct of social distancing, but seeing what are practical ways that we can creatively look at the situation and address the needs that are in front of us. I think also spiritual needs, right? How many people that I grew up with that I know or that you might know grew up possibly within the context of the church but were hurt and therefore decided I'm never going back? Maybe you've experienced that. Well, we're telling you that there's a place for you here that we love you, and we will walk with you every step of the way. And we'll ask probing questions, not because we want to tell you what to do, but because we really care, and we want to know your story, and you matter to us. I also think about individuals who um, are just struggling either financially as well, because of the coronavirus, maybe they've been furloughed, or things are just not where they were before. We're gonna—I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We're gonna address that in a few moments, but we're gonna also meet those needs. So every person that you meet has a wound, whether it's physical, like I said, relational, or spiritual. There's not one person on earth that has not been, has not engaged, um, or has not been wounded in some way. We're going to show compassion by intentionally allowing ourselves to be be God's hands and feet and for their sake bring healing to to a situation. So how can we do it? We're going to be putting together special care packages here at the church um, for vulnerable individuals. We're going to be telling you how you can participate throughout this series. Um, It's going to be on our website and in our app. But this is a great opportunity for you to demonstrate compassion. Number two, another principle, practical principle that you can apply is be generous, as I was mentioning. Be generous with our time and with our finances. Demonstrate generosity with both our finances. We need to demonstrate generosity with our time. What does scripture say? Faith without works is dead. In other words, let's choose to put our money where our mouth is, right? To allow for interruptions in our schedules like the Samaritans did, even during this pandemic. And how can we do that as a church, a practical way? Convoy of Hope is coming August 15th. Save the date. You can volunteer. You can give of your time. There are incredible opportunities. If we look around, stop, be creative. Think about what are the needs around me and how can I meet those needs. Another thing you can do is we're going to be putting together um, special delivery back-to-school supplies um, for students and families in need. So sign up, participate, engage, use that hashtag. And number three, show mercy over judgment. We just sang about it, right, that your mercy triumphs over judgment. Well, what is mercy? Mercy is demonstrating compassion and forgiveness towards someone who you're able to punish, harm, or in this case, ignore it is their problem not mine no we're going to demonstrate mercy we're going to show and extend the mercy of the father throughout the world around us the why of how someone got to the situation that they're in is irrelevant it doesn't matter when he or she is wounded we need to respond just as God has shown us mercy when we didn't deserve it we have the privilege of extending the mercy of To our neighbors, no matter what their why may be, we're going to extend mercy always. And in the process of us understanding, let's respond with action. Let's respond with initiative. Let's respond with mercy. Building relationships is how we build the church. And you can do this practically by writing a thank you letter to first responders by saying, hey, we see you, I care about you, thinking about those individuals that we sometimes ignore, maybe writing a letter to, I don't know, the, per- the concierge in your building or the barista who attends you or has been going out of their way um, every day to provide you with, with, with your special uh, beverage to keep you fueled. So when I think about How mercy has been extended in my life, I think about a time when I was in Dhaka. I was in a terrible accident uh, several years ago while I was living in South Asia, um, and I was with my wife. And we were driving down the road in in, in this bustling, very dense city, and I remember I saw at the last second, it was too late, I see this motorized rickshaw coming, and what happens? He T-bones us. And by God's grace, uh, Guyana's window did not shatter; nothing broke, but we were already starting to feel that tension was rising. And within... I would say, 30 seconds to a minute, our car was surrounded by 30 to 70 people. At the time, it felt like hundreds of people surrounding our car and wanting to bring justice. Because what happens sometimes in countries outside of the U.S. or outside of the Western world, uh, there is a mentality of mob justice. The courts, they're just a little bit too delayed. People feel that if I don't act now, nothing will ever happen. So what happened in this situation? These men, about seven guys, were successful at opening my door. And I said, I always lock my door. But they opened my door. And within moments, several men were grabbing this arm, my arm, and were trying to pull me out of this vehicle. In that moment, Gaina saw a Westerner who literally sees us in distress. And she's screaming and yelling and asking for help. Do something. And that Westerner walks away. Seeing that he could probably identify with us, but he didn't want to be interrupted, I'm sure. Or possibly be injured because it was a serious situation. But in that moment, uh, one of my good friends, we're going to call him uh, Amir. Amir called me up in that moment and said, David, what's up? Amir, he's a religious minority in his country. He's an ethnic minority in his country. And he called me up and said, David, where, what's, how are you doing? And I said, Amir, I'm literally in the middle of a terrible accident. This is where I am. Can you come here? Can you help us? I didn't realize that somebody recognized our vehicle and called Amir and said, Amir, your people are in distress. That was clearly God covering us. But Amir shows up on the spot. And the moment he walks in, he comes in with such authority and he starts speaking to everybody in their local language and telling them to get away. Amir got there before the authorities came to rescue us. And I'm so thankful to God that he took the initiative and he said, you know what? I'm going to extend mercy, obviously. I'm going to show up. I'm going to give up my time. And he showed compassion when he didn't need to. We can do the same. No, we must do the same. So, when we forget what love really looks like, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. And I love this verse. I read it for myself when I need a good reminder of what love is. And this is what it says. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It is not provoked. thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Throughout this season, we're going to be loving our neighbor. And our neighbor is everyone. Yes. So if this is you today and you said, you know what, David, I want my eyes to look around and see my neighbor's. I want to be able to see these individuals that I might be ignoring or forgetting their very existence. Sometimes, sometimes it's not even intentional, right? It's not that we're walking around and and thinking that we're going to ignore people, but it's just part of our our daily lives and our routines. We can so be so f- self focused, so. If that's you and you're asking, hey, I want to be able to extend more compassion. I want to be able to give more of my time. I want to show mercy. Then I want you to pray with me. We're going to pray together right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your very word. We thank you that we can apply. We ask you, Jesus, that you would show us compassion and help us to extend that compassion to others. We pray that you would show us and give us creative ideas on how we can give financially and of our time. And additionally, show us the different ways that we can be extending mercy in this season. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that you're going to show us who our neighbors are in this season. And I also want to pray for a second group of people. If you're tuning in, maybe you've heard this gospel truth message before. um, And you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus. You can do that today. And we're going to actually all pray together. Um, We're going to pray right now. If that's you Don't wait. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus died for your sins. He loves you. He's extending that same compassion right now as we saw in that scripture. He's going to continue to extend that same level of mercy and more over your life. And if that's you, let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I love you, God. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross of Calvary for my sins. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Today I declare that I am a Christian, and by grace I am saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.
2: you oh.
1: If you just made a decision to give your life to Jesus, we want you to know how easy it is to take your next steps. Uh, We don't want what started today to end today. And it doesn't have to end today. You can keep going and keep growing in God. So we want to give you just three steps to get you started.
0: That's right. Step one is go ahead and tell someone. We would love for you to click the connection card link at the top of your screen. We want to connect with you and you can mark that decision that you just made and let us know. And we want to celebrate with you and we will be praying for you. That's right.
1: Yeah. And step two is get growing in God. The best way, the best way to do that and to keep growing in God is to read the Bible. You can read the Bible uh, through our church church. The Citizen Heights app has the Bible right inside it. We made it really easy for you to access, or you can buy your own. Order it off Amazon, right? right, We order a lot off Amazon right now. You probably (laughs) do too. Order yourself a Bible, get into the Bible and keep growing in God. What's our third step?
0: Our third step is becoming part of God's family. You know what? You need a church. You need a place where your life is planted and you need friends who believe the same way you do so you can be encouraged in your faith journey. So go ahead and get involved. There's lots of ways to do that, but one of the best things to do is simply to tune in on CH Live Weekly and get involved with the chat. We would love to hear from you and to connect with you in real time.
1: Yeah, that's it. So, church, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your Sunday and your home with us. Uh, I want to remind you, our pastors right now and our hosts are still online. They're standing by. They want to take prayer requests. They want to have conversations. They want to hear what's going on in your life and, and be a part of what God is doing in your world. We love you. We look forward to hearing the stories of what God is doing and, and does through this new campaign, this new series together, Love Thy Neighbor. I believe that God's love is going to change you. It's going to change your neighbor. It's going to change our city. It's going to change our church. We'll see you next week.